toilet. Here we go. Weekly an arcade review show brought to you each Monday, free of charge, from your friends over at WeTalkGames.com, and it is Mayrio. Her name is Rio, and she's dead. <laughs> That's right, we're talking about all the great Tears for Fears games. Yes. Uh, oh, no, so, wait, wrong band. <laughs> oh, yeah, absolutely wrong. <laughs> I'm just really excited for Tears for Fears and Hall & Oates touring. Oh my goodness. Anyway, this month we're talking <laughs> Nintendo arcade games, something that we haven't avoided, but we've never really dug into on this show. Well, all month long we're talking about the arcade games that led up to Mario, the franchise character of Nintendo. So what led up to Mario? This is yet another rung to climb up to that iconic mascot character. This week we're talking Sky Skipper 1981 by Duh Nintendo. Yes, if you want a, the proper name for the developers, Nintendo R&D 1. Oh, that, does that mean my boy Gumpo Yokoi was involved with this game? Uh, yes, most definitely he was. Uh, God, yes, of course. Sky Skipper, it is an action game i'm gonna say it's a flying around but not shooter game what genre do you feel this game falls under it's a donkey konger you think so (laughs) well um when i was taking my notes for this i wrote down it's a plain game slash classic arcade slash a high scoring game Mm. but it does predate donkey kong and we'll we'll see why that's significant in a moment but don't give it away yet no no i don't want to give that away it's also a poker game Right. There are (laughs) cards involved in it, which is interesting because of the history of Nintendo being a originally a printing company that made playing cards. I didn't even think of that. We're kind of beating around the bush and we both kind of want to just take off with this game. So let's toss on over to T.T. Schmookins with her snap stats. And when we come back, we're going to I don't know, give me some other plane reference or flying around reference. We hopefully won't encounter any bird strike. Very good. So here's TT with this week's Snap Stats. Hello, I am Titish Kamutkins, and this is Titi's Snap Stats. <laughs> Skyskipper was created by Nintendo a long, long time ago. TM, Circle C, and the year? Year, 1982. Like most Nintendo arcade games, actually all the Nintendo arcade games, maybe, I don't know, look that up. No, but, yeah. It used the horizontal standard resolution, CRT monitor. The game allowed for one simultaneous player with a maximum number of two alternating players. 
Although the game was mainly released as an upright standard, the arcade flyer prominently features a cocktail version of this rare unit. There's really nothing funny to say about this game, fuck, there's barely anything at all to say about this game. So, nothing funny. This titty snap snatch has been brought to you by, smell a dick. Smell a dick, smell it. You now, more of the We Talk Games, Video Power Magazine. Alright, so here's the plot to Sky Skipper. Mr. You, with an exclamation point, rescues the kingdom of cards from their ape oppressors using cunning wit and jockeying his yoke. Would you agree with this Most, plot analysis? Yes, yes, this game is oh. staring Mr. You. Yes. That's true. <laughs> Staring Mr. You. You're yeah. right. Staring Mr. You, yeah, who has to uh, rescue the, the royal family mm-hmm. in his plane and, uh, and jockey them away, which, uh, you know, seems to work out better than a car. And I don't know what Nintendo's obsession is with making apes the villain, but it's present here again for some reason. It's such a weird amalgamation of things happening in this game. We have a fighter pilot buzzing around what looks like a toy. I will say this. The artwork in this game is butt ugly, but that's on par with what Nintendo was putting out at this time. Yeah, I like the cutesy nature of it. It's not the best, but it works for what it is. You're buzzing around like what looks like a building block kingdom and rescuing a king, a queen, and then different animals that represent suits of playing cards, you know, club, heart, diamond, spade. Oh, I thought the Daya was short for Diana. I thought it was the princess. She was a bunny, right? Goofball, that's not what you thought at all. (laughs) So, uh, game mechanic, and this is where I'm going to say something, and people listening who look at this game may disagree, but hear me out. The game mechanic, to me, is most close to Rally X, 1980 by Namco. The reason I say Rally X is because don't be deceived by the sprites. In the past, I've talked about Donkey Kong 3. And I said Donkey Kong 3 is a shooter, and some people are like, what? But if you think about it, yes, it very much is a Galaga-type shooter. It's not a platformer. There's platforms in the game where you move your avatar, which could be Stanley the Bugman, or could be a spaceship. That doesn't matter. You think of Centipede, the sprites in that game, it's still a shooter. Just because it doesn't take place in space doesn't mean it's not a shooting game. Well, for me, this game most resembles Rally X because it is free-roaming, because there is the cloud disrupting, because there are enemies that are behaving on their own, whether you see them or not, and they're gearing up to do different things, and we'll describe those things shortly. But for me, uh, the earliest foundation of this game is definitely Rally X, although... Play mechanic-wise, and a game that we've discussed in the past, Acrobatic Dogfight is very similar to this game, but came out after. It came out in 1984 by Data East. So I don't know if Data East was biting off this game. I don't know how popular this game was. I hadn't heard about it until we started digging into the pre-Mario-type games. But I'm glad we found it, because it has a lot of notes from games that I either respect or really enjoy. There is a reason we haven't heard of it until we started looking into it is because it's a really rare game. Right. While the ROM image does exist, this arcade cabinet doesn't exist. 
Yeah, most of these arcade cabinets were completely converted to be Popeye. The boards yes. themselves were converted to be Popeye. They were, and you know what this cabinet looks like. If you know what Popeye looks like and Donkey Kong and those early Nintendo R&D arcade games, the unit they did have, because there were some units, this was play-tested early on in 81, 82, and it just didn't do that well. I'm guessing because Donkey Kong blew it out of the water. Probably, sure. This was slightly after Donkey Kong, actually. And again, not to cast a shadow to, sh- to shine a light on something, but I enjoyed this game a lot more than I enjoy my experiences with Donkey Kong. Not disparaging Donkey Kong. I do recognize Donkey Kong for all its merits and the bar that it set for Nintendo and other games around it at the time it came out. But as far as fun factor... I would say I I have more fun playing this game than I would an average Donkey Kong session. Yeah, and I don't want to garner any hate from Wiggly or you, but I think it's a real shame a lot of these were converted into Popeye. I'm not a big... Okay, all right. I'm not a big Popeye fan. I actually, weirdly enough, because I wasn't on our Popeye episode, you and uh, Wiggly cut last year. Yeah. Popeye was a game of frustration for me as a child. You're off the show. No, no. (laughs) When I was a kid, I I thought Popeye was cool. Who didn't love Popeye? I legit fell in love with eating vegetables and spinach because part of it was like, well, Popeye eats spinach and he gets strong. I'm going to eat. It worked on me. Is it also why you disparage Asians so much (laughs) and buy U.S. war bonds? Yeah, you might be familiar with that version of Popeye. Yes, that wonderful... I think you're probably familiar with the late 80s, early 90s version of Popeye, where he no longer had a pipe. Oh, no, I do remember, like, older cartoons. I remember him having a pipe and stuff like that. But I just remember that, and I remember seeing that arcade game as a kid and being like, it's fucking Popeye. I'm gonna play Popeye. My brain couldn't wrap itself around getting the hearts before they touched. Like, I couldn't do it. You know what I mean? That's not an easy game. You can't admit that. Oh, no, it is not an easy game, but I enjoy Popeye more than I enjoy Donkey Kong. Uh, that, that's cool. I just think player. I yeah. kind of enjoy Skyskipper a little more than I enjoy Popeye, because while I was sure. playing this, I jumped over and was like, you know what? I've never given Popeye another chance. And while I'm definitely better at it than I was back then, I had an easier time getting a grasp on Skyskipper than Popeye. Though with some more practice on Popeye, I should, I'm sure I could get a handle on it. You know, six-year-old Keith definitely <laughs> didn't right. have the mind to wrap around that. It's all economics, my man. Uh, like, oh, totally. Radar Scope was another game that was pretty much wiped out because they converted all the cabinets and boards to be Donkey Kong. So these machines were very expensive to produce, and... For Nintendo, particularly at this time, they were just getting into the video game thing. And they were also subcontracting most of everything, the hardware and chipsets and things like this, to other companies. So they were spending a lot of money getting these machines out there. And when the machines stopped producing, it made more sense to bring them back in, slap a coat of paint on them, and solder the board a little bit. And I know it's more difficult than that, but you you see what I'm saying. This was not unfamiliar territory it is a shame and that this is why you know a lot of people disparage emulating this is why emulating is a very good thing this is why i enjoy doing the show for many reasons i enjoy doing the show but one of the reasons i enjoy doing the show is because we are essentially archiving these games we're talking about certain games that they don't have a game facts we talked about simboten bomber 
a few weeks back. Go on GameFAQs and see if you can find a walkthrough of that game. Yeah, see if you can find anything on that game. I didn't find it there. Who's talking about that game? Then you go on YouTube and you can watch somebody play it. But who's actually talking about the games? Well, we are over at WeTalkGames.com. <laughs> Cheap plug. But what I'm saying is that like a game like this is a perfect example of why emulation is a good thing. Because if it was just left to being a physical device that you had to go out and play... This game would not exist. Anymore. Yeah, and th- there People are emulating and, and capturing, you know, ROM files. They'd be gone, and and it's not just Skyskipper. It's thousands of games, maybe tens of thousands of games, would just evaporate into the ether. Yeah, this game, in fact, the reason it still exists. It's weirdly people don't really know how it got to this point. But uh, because it was playtested and it didn't do well, they didn't put it out into uh, full production. So mm. there were minimum units. As we said, most of them were converted over into uh, Popeye units. <laughs> said it like quickly. Popeye. <laughs> uh, but um, uh, there, the, the cool thing is, is there are, there's a small group. I highly recommend everyone check out SkyskipperProject.com. There's a trio of men who are very passionate about Skyskipper. And as you said, ROMs are very important because we get to try them. And the fact is, because a ROM existed of Skyskipper, yes. it was always giving these men hope that they could find the arcade unit. They could find a board Right. That still had Skyskipper on it. Yeah, because somebody captured the ROM. Yeah, and the interesting thing is these guys eventually did find one, but it was a Popeye conversion ROM, a uh, converted uh, PCB. Uh, they found this old board. It had the serial number for Skyskipper on it, even though it was Popeye. He found another guy to like backwards compatibility it and like revert it back to Skyskipper. And and the most interesting thing is this is that along the way they were trying to get the artwork for it was the really hard part. Mm. You're talking about the cabinet artwork, right? Cabinet artwork, yes, yeah, sorry. Uh, they did get the ROM to work and everything. They got the board to work. And uh, I'm kind of ruining the story because you guys should check all this out. But in the end, Nintendo had a unit and invited them to come see the cabinet so wow. they could recreate it. It's very unlike Nintendo to do something like that. Normally, it's threatening lawyers, cease and desist, stop doing this project. We don't care that you're fans. Yeah, apparently this time they were cool with it, I guess. I don't know, but they were able to go and see the only existing original Skyskipper arcade cabinet. And uh, they have successfully recreated it. They're going to be touring with it this year. So I uh, recommend everyone check out SkyskipperProject.com and go take a look oh, there. Well, let's talk about Skyskipper. It's, yeah, we didn't talk about how the point of the un- game too much because there's just too much surrounding the game. And speaking of too much, maybe that is why the game was not as popular as it could have been. It is surprising to me that it didn't test well. This game is very challenging. Let's get that out of the way. I, I think a lot of people will be turned off on their initial play of this game. But I'm going to say invest a little bit of time and look past the artwork, which is very janky. Let's but the cabinet about- artwork is awesome. So once again, yes. look that up. That style of cabinet was very good. It's a very sexy cabinet. It's got a really the- kind of thick line cartoon style, kind of similar to someone I know, actually. Hmm. Yeah, they should have called me, and I could have gave them a reasonable facsimile a la Lumberjacks. Yeah. <laughs> they on their way. Nobody would have known the difference anyway. Nobody's seen this fucking machine. <laughs> so, yeah, I'll go through my making mechanics, and you can chime in if you I, agree, disagree, or if you have any others. I actually got to say, it was hard for me to really find any. Being that this was 1981, and most games I'm familiar with came after it, right. I didn't really know any other uh, uh, plain games. But when you brought up Rally X, it made me realize... 
because you have a fuel mechanic in this game. Oh, I forgot to mention that. Yes, that's also in this game. It, it might as well be a timer in a racing game. Right. You have eight-way controller, two buttons. One is your bomb. The other one is your throttle to go faster. Even when you go faster, it doesn't take more fuel. So it is just a timer. Right. So it might as well be a race around and collect it game because this fucking plane turns on a dime. Very similar to Rally X. But um, here are the games that I feel build a foundation for this game to come into existence. So Rally X definitely, but Defender 1981 by Williams. Again, free roaming around the stage, making rescues. The only difference... There's many differences, but one of the play mechanics that I wish existed in Skyskipper that does exist in Defender is the looping around the stage. Skyskipper has a wall, and I know that. I thought if I went, you know, (laughs) furthest to the right, I'd come out on the left. Nope, (laughs) you crash. Oh, I Uh, thought it would do that at first, too, but I guess... Also, it does say on the sides of the screen, there's like east side and west side to each level where all your little, uh, you know, card people are hiding. And, you know, I have to admit, I forgot to write Defender down because once I started playing, I was like, oh, it's fucking, it's Defender. But they both came out the same year, so chicken or the egg, you know? Sure. And another game that I think probably predated this, but it came out the same year, is Scramble, 1981 by Konami. And the reason I bring up Scramble is because of the bomb dropping mechanic, and you're also dodging obstacles that come in vertically as well as horizontally. I do not like Scramble. And that's what surprised me about Skyskipper, is that Skyskipper is a much better game than Scramble, and Scramble got a full production run. Like, Scramble arcade cabinets are readily available they're out in the wild still and for 1981 it's definitely um a watermark for a genre but for me this game has a lot more to offer than that now some games that came out afterwards that i think hit those notes i already talked about acrobatic dogfight 1984 which i gave a try at your suggestion Sure. Prior to that, I think Time Pilot is also a good mention because of the similar flight mechanic of the plane and how you can loop around and turn on a dime very easily and you explore a stage. Time Pilot's not as confined as this game. You are in this building block sort of kingdom where there's very thick lines that you're weaving through. And much like Donkey Kong Jr., this sprite is a very odd size and there are areas within the stage where you'll think i can't make it through there and you can and then there's other areas where you're like oh i can get through there easily and you don't like the hit box on the sprite is very particular it is weird i found that i hit the walls and died more often than not oh i ate shit a lot and yeah, that's gonna be your biggest obstacle because shit. mr you ate a lot of shit in this game mr you crashed and burned quite a bit yeah. In my game as well, usually because I'd forget that if you hit the clouds, it makes you dip, and I would dip down and like hit a platform or something like that and just instantly be dead. So there's a lot of ideas in this game that we've seen throughout the decades Nintendo go back to and recycle, and it shouldn't come as any surprise because Nintendo wanted to make a 3D gaming machine, and it flopped. And they said, you know what, give us 15 more years, and we're going to make a 3D gaming machine. And it's going to be better. They want to have an ape as the bad guy in their game. Okay, so we can't get the Popeye franchise? That's fine. We'll take Brutus or Bluto or whatever his name is and turn him into a giant ape again. Or, or use the giant ape villain again. They, they Monkey Magic, Skyskipper, Donkey Kong, they really don't like apes, monkeys, simians at all. What are you trying to say, Kyle? 
I'm thinking maybe they're creationists. I don't know. <laughs> Evolution never happened. God what made is- Mario as he as he is. That's the whole point. It's Mario fighting the ape to prove that he was never born of the ape. That's why you had to collect so many bananas in Donkey Kong Country because they are the atheist nightmare. Ah, oh, Ever seen that? banana. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, about how bananas go to... Yeah, humans aren't intelligent enough to cultivate or invent agriculture or anything. You know, another weird making mechanic I actually thought of while we were talking? In Game & Watch, 1980. It's just when Ball first came out. The sprites, they don't have a fluid motion to them. It's it's flickering between image and another image. I like that pull. They're very flat. Two, three frames of animation at most. Yeah, I do like the look of the gorilla, though. I like he, like he's rocking some headphones or something. I, I don't know if they're air traffic control gorillas trying to get the guy down because you like stole the plane or something. Yeah, the headphones are a weird choice. I don't know why they were there. They actually and here this is another example of how Nintendo goes back and reuses ideas or recycles them. The apes gave me a charging Chuck vibe. Do you know who Charging Chuck is? Yeah, from Super Mario World, this football guy. Right. So those are the sports guys that throw baseballs at you. And they're these lumbering dudes that, I guess they're giant turtles. Well, the apes in this game throw baseballs or some or rocks or something at you. Yeah, they and, like explode. They're like gas bombs. And they, they use a targeting mechanic that looks like a proto-Yoshi's Island targeting mechanic with shooting an egg. Now, I might be making connections here that do not exist. Yeah, but but Charging Chuck had that, too. Didn't he have a target? I'm pretty sure he has a target when he throws things, too. And the other thing he does is he jumps up and does that clap to snap at you, right? Well, the apes do that as well with your plane. As you're flying by, they'll jump up and try to hit you. Oh, wow. And another interesting point to talk about Nintendo never forgetting anything and always using something, the noise it makes when you get a one-up yes, is the exact same noise for when you pause Super Mario Brothers. Oh, that's a very interesting uh, little bit of information. I did not know that. Yeah, it's that little, uh, you know, doo-doo-doo-doo when you huh. pause. So when you get a one-up in this, it makes that noise. Like, I literally was like, whoa, what just happened? I was like, I, <laughs> why did I hear the Mario pause noise? And there's also uh, the music it plays. I think it plays a different music between each level when you get to the next one. Not the little intro as he takes off. When you finish a level, it plays a tune. The tune I'm glad there's still music playing while you're playing the game. I'm very <laughs> thankful that it's quiet because the little jingle in the beginning and end, I, I, I got nervous when I heard that beginning jingle. I'm like, if I have to listen to this like song throughout the entire game of flying around, this game is going to be played on mute. And it's not. It does a little jingle similar to Donkey Kong, and then you get into playing the game, and you just hear the sound effects of things happening around you. Oh, yeah, the jingle for level three at the end is minuscule notes away from the Donkey Kong opening jingle when you right. start the level. It's it's so, so close. Not surprising that, you know, because this and Donkey Kong were both made by the same people. In the same year, it was just, I imagine that maybe the team was split down the middle and they were given the theme of gorillas, you know, one invented a plumber and one invented a pilot. Yeah. And going back to that, Mario didn't, and, you know, we're going to touch on this a lot, but Mario wasn't originally called Mario, he was called Jumpman, and the idea for that character, maybe he was going to be called Mr. Video. The idea was for a character to sort of be a blank slate and could be dropped into any type of game. And you saw that a lot early on with Nintendo with the Super Mario character, where in Alleyway, he's controlling the paddle. 
in Super Mario Land. He's in a biplane or a fighter plane, and he's also in a sub, and he's playing these shmup-type levels. And then he'd be in the different sports game as a referee or in the golf game, and then they retcon that. It's not really him in the golf game, but you get where I'm getting. This was supposed to be a character who could be placed in anything, which is why... It infuriates me, and we're going to take a little sidebar here, Keith. I, I hope you'll indulge me. I most certainly will, because uh, just to add on, though, real quick to what you're saying, that's the kind of character he's supposed to be. That uh, Shigeru Miyamoto himself has said that. Right, and a, a character named Mr. You! Exclamation point. It's very obvious what they're trying to do there. <laughs> they're just flat out being like, no, nah, it's, it's, it's you. You're, you're the little guy on the plane. So late 90s, early 2000s, the popular thing to say was it's not Super Mario Brothers 2, it's Doki Doki Mario, it's a reskin of a game, it's not even a true Mario game, all this ah. other nonsense. But if you actually dig into the fact, it doesn't play like a Mario game, that's the one thing I, I want to stamp out. I, whether you like a, a Mario game or not, there's no such thing as it doesn't play like a Mario game. That's nonsense. And that became very popular in the late 90s and early 2000s. And I still see it today. And even though there's been so much information put out there that completely negates the argument, there's still people propagating that because that's what's popular with, you know, YouTubers who say, I don't know, poop trunks, video game, whatever. It's an easy little fact that they pull and they can poop on it. But in reality, Super Mario Brothers 2 US is more of a Mario game than Super Mario Brothers 2 Japan. Now, the Japanese Super Mario Brothers 2... The Lost Levels. The Lost Levels, as they're known here, was the most uninspired thing you could do with that character, was essentially just take Super Mario Brothers and make more levels. And then add a poison mushroom and wind and punish the player for exploring. And who is most associated in Nintendo? Which person in Nintendo is most associated with Mario? Shigeru Miyamoto. Who had absolutely nothing to do with Super Mario Bros. 2, the Japanese version, or the Lost Levels. But guess what? Doki Doki Panic and its subsequent conversion into Super Mario Bros. 2 US, guess who was heavily involved in that? Uh, Shigeru Miyamoto. Exactly. And when we're talking about the future of the character, where he's got a jet pack or water pack on, his brother has a vacuum on his back. Oh, that's not a Mario game. Okay, fine. Super Mario Brothers 64, which so many people love. How many question blocks did you break in that game? The character was never meant to be pigeon-held into one thing. The character was meant to be dumped into many different things, yeah. to be the guide in this journey that we all were taking in the 80s and 90s as console gaming was becoming a thing after a historic crash. So please, if you pull anything out of this episode, and I hope you pull a lot more, just know how much I absolutely disdain the idea that one, Super Mario Brothers 2 was not a Super Mario Brothers game, and second... There is no such thing as a Super Mario Brothers game. It's it, there's been so many different things dumped in, like jumping on the back of dinosaurs. Super Mario World is so goddamn strange. You're gonna tell me that that's so close to the original formula, but running around in this pseudo Arabian Nights theme thing, pulling up vegetables and hitting enemies, is not. It's so. It's such a dumb argument. Oh, it is now, and, and and I find nowadays you don't encounter it as much. I've actually found a lot of people who are coming out and saying like, uh, Mario Brothers Two is actually my favorite Mario game. Sure. It's like if I'm gonna rank them, three and two are fighting for the top spot. 
Right. You know, and yeah, that's and that's a that's, hard one to get. But and a lot of people they put Super Mario World and Super Mario Brothers three head to head. I think two deserves to be in that mix. Oh yeah, I don't think you can really pick a best one anyway because they are supposed to be different. They're supposed to bring new things to the table. And this all goes along the lines of it's obviously a dumb joke. The whole like, oh, he's a doctor and he's this and he's that. Someone wasted the time in an interview with Shigeru Miyamoto being like, so how is he a doctor and a kart racer and throwing parties? And, and Shigeru Miyamoto's just like, it's a, it's a fucking character, dude. Yeah. That, that's that's what he was made to do. He was made to just be whatever he needs to be. He doesn't need to have a fucking history where, like, the, he used to go by Jumpman back in the day and had to, right. you know, rescue. You know, it's like, no, he doesn't have it. He's just a pastiche. He's a, a blank slate, you right. know, though nowadays, obviously, he's a Italian stereotype blank slate to be put into any job. But, yeah, yeah that's all he is. That's what he's meant to be. And if anyone shits on Super Mario Brothers 2, fuck you. That game is great. <laughs> <laughs> that game is great. I love that game. That game is fan freaking tastic. I've beaten it multiple times. It's just super fun. And I know how to like quick warp all the way to the end. And that's always fun too. It has a lot of neat little secrets and, and shit, man, don't, don't poop on that game. Just going back to the character, anybody to question the different occupations or different things that Mario has been a part of, like you've never seen a Bugs Bunny cartoon or never seen one of those classic Disney cartoons with Goofy doing different occupations or different weird PSA type things yeah, where, where he's been like multiplicity and there's two whole baseball teams of him playing against each other. Again, what a waste of an opportunity. You're interviewing Shigeru Miyamoto and you, you come in with such dopey shit as that. And another thing that I've seen floated around real quick that I'd like to stamp out why we're on such a theme month of Nintendo and May Rio that Mario didn't get his correct sequence of clothing until Super Mario Brothers World, which is blue overalls, red shirt, red hat. Which isn't true because that was seen in Super Mario Brothers 2, but it actually happened prior to that with the ports of Mario Bros and Donkey Kong on the Nintendo. Again, there's a lot of dumb false facts out there. And while we're not always right on this show, we do try to get the information correct and be accurate. Yeah, let's Glad I got that out of my system, though, because I, I think it's important. I think there's a tie in here because Sky Skipper, Mr. You, exclamation point, is the beginning of that character being established. And obviously, Mr. You, exclamation point, didn't take off like Mario did, <laughs> but he was the proto Mario. Yeah. And he was, yeah. He, well, him and Jumpman were the two proto Marios. Right. They're both Mario before Mario, this main character they're trying to let you put yourself into and become. What if Skyskipper did better than Donkey Kong? What if there's an alternate universe where Mr. You became Mario? Oh, you're, you're digging towards an epic Mario game. Well, we're, I'm digging towards We Dream Games. Yeah, We Dream Games. This happens <laughs> a lot when you, are, you and I are on the phone. Exactly. The KK Slider special. Let's get into the game itself. Keith, what are you doing? What are you uh, doing as Mr. You in your plane? You are in your plane. You take off. You bomb gorillas. When you yes. bomb these gorillas, they fall to the ground with the X's over their eyes, which as a kid, I remember the first time I saw that was on Gumby, I think. And I was like, Gumby's dead. Um, <laughs> but uh, when he was on the moon. Yeah. They but, do have little Z's, though, coming oh, out. Oh, they do. You're right. So they're, they're but. Yeah, but they do have X's on their eyes, and 
when you hit them, it makes all the chickens and frogs and jokers with their different suits on them pop mm-hmm. up out of their jail cells or what have you, and then right. you can collect them a la Defender as they bounce up and down. Once the gorilla gets up, they will stop bouncing up and down, so, uh, out, up and out, so you have to bomb the gorillas again. Uh, right. While avoiding the clouds, which make you dip, while avoiding the gorillas using that Yoshi's egg mechanic we mentioned to throw those balls into clouds that you'll hit and dip and hit the ground or something. Or yeah, dodging you, them as they jump in the air and try to, to swat you out with like a blackjack or something. When you hit those clouds, it puts your plane into a nosedive. And Ugh. if you're flying too low to some sort of platform or obstruction... You nosedive right into it and then crash. If you get hit high enough, you can recover from those gas bombs or, or those cloud bombs, whatever they may be. But normally they try to hang you up so you will hit an obstruction. And it's interesting to note that the characters are kind of like buried in the ground in these little windows. Again, yeah, I imagine they're in like cages. They're captured by the gorillas. Definitely with the king and the queen because you see the bars. And I think there's a joker too, right? Or is, the, is that the... There is. There's the clown or the jester, but because they're all cards uh, on the opening screen where it is co-staring the king's family, uh, (laughs) it is the Joker, you know, and it it does give you a little has a hashtag before hashtags were even a thing because it's hashtag message. Wonder Kingdom is conquered by gorillas, drop bombs on gorillas, knock them down, touch and rescue all king's family by plane. See you again at airport. (laughs) I didn't realize I didn't read that line till now. Yeah, Uh, but yeah, everybody's got different suits. So if you can collect uh, four in a row of the same suit or the same color or get one of each suit nets you uh, different amounts of points. So it is level based like Donkey Kong. But the point is to try and collect them in a certain order before you run out of fuel to get the most points and advanced to the next level. A lot of the things I like about this game have to do with the point system and how the points are rewarded because there are time bonuses, there's fuel bonuses, and there's card suit bonuses like a a hand of cards. You can get a flush, you can get a straight, you know, you collect all the clubs and you get a certain amount of points, you collect all the spades, what you end with. These are the type of things that, particularly in classic arcade games, but arcade games in general, make them worth playing again and again and again. And because the game's challenging, and I'm telling you to invest time into it, you are going to die again and again, but hopefully you find enjoyment in this game like I did. And the reason I found enjoyment in it was because of the point mechanic, strongest part of the game. I like some of the limitations. You can only drop two bombs at a time. You can't just hammer on the bomb button and drop lots of bombs. You drop one, then two. And if they don't hit anything, you have to wait until they explode. If there's two on the screen, you're not dropping a third. I also like the fact that the bombs don't hurt the characters you're rescuing. Because I could see that happening with another developer thinking that that's cute. You know, your bomb pushes them back into the cell. That doesn't happen. Another point, if a gorilla is standing on top of one of the boxes, the holes, windows, whatever, yes, they will not jump out when you hit them. Because if you hit a gorilla on one side of the screen, it jumps. It makes every single guy pop out, not just the ones around the gorilla. Big gorillas. If we're going to compare sprites, it's probably two of your sprites in width and three of your sprites in height. They are much bigger than you. And King like, Kong, man. Obviously. And there's several gorillas on the stage, and they do move around. And there's two different gorillas. One's more of a red hue. The other one's more of a yellow. Uh, both of them will jump. 
to, to snap at your plane. It doesn't happen too often. You can get very close to them. And as long as you hit the bomb button as you're buzzing their head, you won't get hurt by them. These stages, uh, as I've touched on, are difficult to navigate as you progress through the game because they're, it's not very apparent. Threading the needle. Yeah, the, <laughs> there's spots where it looks like you can, but you can, and you shouldn't, right. but you can. And I got to level four, which I had a lot of trouble getting past. Mm-hmm. Very confined space, and there's a lot of spots in there where I'm not sure if I can get through or not, and they start blocking pathways with the gorillas. Yes. Where like they won't move outside of a space, so I'm I'm waiting for the guy to jump in the air so I can fly underneath him to get to the other side of the stage. It started getting frustrating there because, like you said, you got to work on this. When I first started playing it, I was like, "This is gonna suck. This is gonna be one of those old arcade games I just can't get a handle on." You know, a la <laughs> Popeye as six-year-old Keith. No, this is something you can definitely get. You can get good at if you work on it. How long do you think the play field is? I'm thinking it's either three or two and a half screens worth of play field. I think there's a lot to like about this game. Yeah, there's a lot to go back to. Again, I, I wish it looped like Defender. I wish the curve of the challenge was uh, less severe, the lower barrier of entry. But I don't think this is a bad game. No, I think it's a really fun game. I think it's something that can turn you off if you don't try to get good at it. Yeah, I Because mean, it controls of- well. The fact that the plane turns on a dime like that makes it a lot of fun. When you yeah. normally think, I need space to loop or turn around because it's an airplane. No, if you're going right and you hit left, your guy will move up or down like a, like a pixel. But right. not too much that it's you know going to make you crash every time. Yeah, this isn't Chuck Yeager's flight simulator. <laughs> no, no. Or like in an acrobatic uh, dogfight, that you do have to kind of make like a nice loop to kind of yeah. turn around or slow yourself down to try to shoot yeah. those guys and keep your fuel up. What would you think about that game and how it connects to this game? I definitely see an influence on there, though that's more about getting to the end of yes. the level and shooting as many planes as you can. Uh, right. It's definitely close, but that has, you know, a, a Red Baron a pastiche and also the whole like you're shooting ahead of you not dropping bombs below you did you see godzilla no i didn't get that far i only i played it for a little bit to be like okay i can see where you know maybe it took some influence from this game they may not have even played it you know considering how rare uh skyskipper was but godzilla's in there i need to go back to that too now well if you played acrobatic dogfight and you enjoyed that i think you're going to enjoy this game if you like time pilot if you like defender Again, I think there is enough there that's similar to grab your interest. I would return to this game. I think it's a fun game, and I'm glad that there's a couple dudes out there that are trying to, or have, preserve the cabinet. Yeah, uh, they'll be touring I, with it this year. Like I said, uh, check out skyskipperproject.com. Free plug! I think that the game is something that should be remembered, and I think that it belongs on this evolution track for what eventually became Super Mario. Yeah, it makes me sad that like Nintendo doesn't really recognize its existence. One of the little things we didn't we didn't mention, I know we both know this too from our historical notes, is the link menu for the Game Boy camera is actually decorated with the King Queen and the Club Frog from this game. Um, Nintendo never forgets. We've talked about in the past with Namco, like Namco will bring back Mappy and put Mappy on things and remind you, Mappy, 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 you know, don't forget Mappy, don't forget Dig Dug, Dig Dug family. You didn't play Baraduke, but his wife is 
Kissy from Baradu. You know, like they have a roster of characters that they inject into many different games. Nintendo will occasionally throw back to some of these older guys. And like with a game like um, Super Smash Brothers, that's probably the best example of them doing that because even though they might not be playable characters, they'll, they'll make trophies for very obscure pieces of hardware. Oh, man. How characters. Make, do a remake of Skyskipper, tune it up, make it a fun arcade-style game, put Donkey Kong, put Mario in there, make Mr. U be an alternate skin if you want. Hell, put them both in there. Make it Rescuing Peach and, you know, uh, Toadsworth instead of the King and whatnot. You can throw your other Mario characters in there. I don't know. But uh, improvements would be a cool HD remake of this game. Maybe give Mr. U a tan, because he's... Very amazing. <laughs> he's very pale. I like his Pinocchio nose, though. Yeah, he's got a very Pac-Man nose vibe. Yes, he does have... He Whoa, he looks... He, well, he's got Pac-Man eyes. Like, well, literally, they are Pac-Mans. As you touched on with King Kong, these guys grew up with Fleischer and, and Disney cartoons, and the style of the characters that they created are very much from that 30s, 40s era of... American animation, which would eventually inspire and create the anime industry, the anime and manga industry. Yes. Those classic, beautiful cartoons. How could they not inspire when you, when you saw like, especially like a Fleischer Superman or something? It sounds like you would return to this game too. So let's wrap up with our one sentence reviews. Why don't you go first? I most certainly can as soon as I see where I wrote it down. And here we go. A would-be classic lost to time that deserves to be played. And I have one alternate one. Okay. A winner is Mr. You! (laughs) You know what we forgot to touch on? What's that? That that reminded me. Uh, Damn it. I'll escape again. Did you see that in between with the uh, gorilla in the cage? Yeah, that it says it all. Yeah, yeah. When you beat the stage and you're like victoriously like, peace, bitch. I locked up the gorillas. Yeah. And he's just, it does say damn it. Which could only happen in Japan. Well, t- apparently it was tested in the USA, which is why I don't know. It's It came over here. It was a um, Atari game for the I'm trying to remember now. Oh, the Atari 2600. It came out in 1983. By Parker uh, Brothers. Yes, and I, I took a look at it. Same thing. There are, you know, except obviously Atari sprites, but yeah. it is bop, fly around the screen, hit these gorillas, and instead, and and animals pop out of their cages and bounce up and down, and you collect them in advance. It's it's the same game, just way broken down. Obviously. Yeah, these were the Nintendo games Kyle was playing while everyone else was playing Super Mario Brothers Two. <laughs> yeah. For more on that, check out our past episode on Journey. Yeah. Yeah, check out any episode I've ever been on where I'm crying about how I had an Atari when everyone else had a Nintendo. All right, uh, here's my one-sentence review. Skyskipper's high barrier of entry and ugly art direction should not deter you from trying this interesting attempt at a character-driven game. Mm-hmm. I'm going for the serious as of late with my one-sentence reviews. I had to throw the winner as Mr. U because that was the first thing I thought of. Keith, what should people do if they enjoy listening to you or I or any combination of us talking about games on this show? We talk games arcade weekly. Well, I think the most awesome thing anyone who send cash. <laughs> send cash to my PayPal at no. Be sure to review us and rate us on iTunes. That would be great. I'm starting to wonder if anyone even uses iTunes anymore. So We're in- 
on TuneIn. We're on Stitcher Radio. Yep. Um, iTunes. I, I think we're going to be on Spotify sooner than later. Yeah. So, so whatever program you get this show from, yeah, there rate is and review us there. And also be sure to follow us on Twitter at WeTalkGames. We're on Facebook.com slash WeTalkGames. And we're also on Reddit at r slash WeTalkGames. Yeah, a lot of people, hey, what happened to the forums of yesteryear? Reddit is the forums of yesteryear. Like, that that's all that thing is. It's a giant forum blog thing where people can post interesting articles and photos or not. <laughs> they can be snarky with one another and be typical Internet people. But, hey, we have our own subreddit. We do have moderators. Come on over. Subscribe. Tell us what you think about each episode. We'll put the episodes over there and supplemental content that has something to do with the episode each week. Also, if you'd like to hear this live, you'd like to look at us while we talk. I just got chills thinking about I'm not even wearing pants right now. August 12th and 13th. Come see us live at the Long Island Retro Gaming Expo in Garden City, New York at the Cradle of Aviation. We will be recording a live episode and we will have a booth there and we'll be doing all sorts of fun things. Yeah, that maybe we'll- may not involve strangers. I don't know. What will happen will be lots of arcade talk and lots of fun. So don't miss it. And there's plenty of time. Make arrangements now. Come on out. Especially if you're in the tri-state area. You don't have an excuse not to come. It'll be hot anyway. Come spend it indoors with us. Nice. Well, hey, May Rio has been an awesome success, and we have a few more weeks of it upcoming. We'll be talking more Nintendo games. It's going to be a lot of fun, so don't miss it. Uh, Make sure you're subscribed to the podcast feed, obviously. For Keith the RoboDuke, I'm Kyle Von Kubik. Thank you very much for listening, and we'll talk at you again next week. Shiny and their hot breath, he could feel. <laughs> Boat of fear went through him as they thundered through the sky. For he heard the riders are coming hard, and he heard their mournful cry. Ghost riders. 